Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm joined by Amanda. Hello. And Lynn. Hi there. Today, we'll be discussing the word feminist and why it's so controversial. So feminism is the idea and movement that the genders should have equal rights and equal opportunities in our society. That's the basic idea of what feminism is. But a lot of people don't like the word feminist. So why do you think that there's such a dislike for the word? And why is it that people who even agree with feminist values tend to shy away from using the word feminist to describe themselves? Lynn, what do you think? I think it could be like many words that have women need to take back the word and and own it sort of like we're taking back the word chick or we're taking back the idea that you know that pink is a great color and we certainly went through have gone through a turbulent time of of almost a, a negative response uh, to progressive ideals and it's easy for some to take potentially a very militant segment of the group and lump everyone together. And I also think it comes back to certain core values that some individuals have that they feel that feminism is the antithesis of those core values. I think that on a broader sense, I personally disagree with that strongly. You can Mm -hmm. be very feminine, you can love pink, you can like frills and girly things, and yet you can still ardently believe, as I do, that equal pay is equal work, that women are just as smart, just as capable uh, as men, and that we benefit significantly when we have equity within our relationships and within our companies. Right. I mean, I think that you're kind of hinting at there there are some weird stereotypes that um, people attach to the word feminist. Uh, ideas of, um, you know, cutting your hair short, not shaving, uh, not wearing makeup, being more androgynous or masculine, um, being very angry and in your face. There's this whole myth about a bra burning thing that never actually happened. There was a a situation where they burned a trash can full of whatever, but it wasn't filled with bras. But anyway, uh, there there are a lot of stereotypes that have been attached to the word feminist. And I think that a lot of people, as you said, Lynn, might feel um, alienated by those because maybe you've shared the views that uh, the genders should be equal, but maybe you like, enjoy you like the way your legs feel when they're shaved and you enjoy as Lynn said wearing pink and frilly items um but you feel like because you've been taught that there's this stereotype attached to the word that it doesn't apply to you Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like people try to make it sound like it's a negative thing I'm not sure I'm not sure why people or the media would do that I feel like maybe they're threatened by feminism in some way or they they're just they just like the status quo and they don't want things to change because you're right, there's all kinds of stereotypes about about feminists, and I mean, they're they're not accurate. I mean, maybe they apply to some some people, but not everyone. You know, there's this idea that 
like all feminists are lesbians or all of them like don't shave or or whatever like they they're they're meant to be negative things and of course there's nothing wrong with being a lesbian there's nothing wrong with not shaving but they they use it to make it sound like like feminists are like radical or um at odds with how society should be or has been so mm-hmm. it, i don't it, to me it's just kind of disheartening to hear people speak negatively about feminism and try to make it sound like it's some some kind of problematic movement yeah and i feel like even people who agree with um with the feminist values but don't like the word i feel like maybe they're not familiar with the history of feminism and how important this word has been and um the fight for women's suffrage the fight for women's reproductive rights the ability to own property and take out a credit card and other forms of credit um being paid an equal amount which we still haven't done but you know being allowed to to work when even after you've had children or after you've been married um it's there's a feeling that they they might be ignoring the history of the word feminism yeah definitely well i think another thing that i that i notice is um several years ago like maybe five six seven years ago um a lot of uh popular singers that have very um empowering songs like people like kelly clarkson or katie Perry or even like Lana Del Rey, they, I remember that at least those three were asked if they were feminists many years ago, and all three of them denied it and said, oh, no, I'm not a feminist. And they really worked to distance themselves from that movement, even though their message and their music and in their interviews was in line with feminism. And it's interesting because in more recent years, I think all three of them have come around and said that they are feminists and they are proud to proclaim that they are and it's interesting how that shift has has happened just in the last few years. Um, that now instead of distancing themselves from it, they're actually embracing it and saying, "No, I actually am a feminist," and like they don't see it as a as a bad word anymore. Yeah, I, I think there are some examples. I mean, that I have like when my for my husband when his mother married, um, she wasn't allowed to work anymore. Uh, she was a school teacher, but but that job had to be in when she was unmarried it was okay that she worked but once uh she literally was forced to quit in her school district (laughs) i mean (laughs) i mean i mean you know now granted this is in the dark ages when dinos roamed the earth but that's scary um and when you think about the feminist values that that that's one thing of this idea that we can predetermine you know yeah we want to work she wasn't allowed to go back to work until her husband died and then wow, she would wow. go back to work to to help support her family. I mean that that's just but and yet she'd been out of the workplace forced to be out of the workplace for all those years. Um mm-hmm. so that puts her at a financial disadvantage. Uh and, and I think there's many ideas around this is that there are some conservative values that do clash with some core values of feminism and Rachel, you touched on one of those, and that's of women being able to control our own destiny and our own bodies. And that's a a significant concern where conservatives come in because they they honestly, they don't feel that women should be allowed to control their own bodies. And so, you know, there is that disconnect and we've seen that, um, you know, certainly with the conservative movement and 
and yet overall the general population is over overwhelmingly in support of women being able to control their own uh, destiny so I think it's important that we take back the word and right. and and if we take back words that have been used to demean us to belittle us uh, to demonize us it's very important that we own the words as women and we and we find our own value in those words and in this in, in an incredible movement and to your point Rachel, I mean, there were, were times that women weren't allowed to get their own home loans and they weren't allowed to get their own credit cards. I, that, that's just unbelievable. That, that's incomprehensible. And yet we only have to go back a few decades for that to have been true. And I think that as we continue to move forward and if women, you know, take this term back and really embrace a, an even broader spectrum of what this means of an embracement of diversity and celebration of that it's it empowers everyone well lynn you bring up an interesting point about taking the term back because another argument against the term feminism that i've heard even from from people who believe in its values but they don't like the word another argument i've heard is that they don't like the term because because of the of the fem part of the word they think it's it's only about women and they think that somehow that is problematic. And so like this argument, it, to me that it has two problems. One is that it erases the actual definition of the word, which is to achieve equality between, between all the genders and sexes. But on the other hand, it also, it just, it just skews um, or purposefully or maliciously or not, I'm not sure, but it skews and implies that it only benefits women and somehow that because it benefits women or because it only benefits women and it's somehow not good for society. It's like, if it, if it's not for men too, then it's a problem. And so I think that's just kind of weird. It is, it's like, on the one hand, it should be, it should be perfectly okay if it is primarily about women, that there's, that should not be a problem. But on the other hand, the definition is that it makes everyone more equal. So it should be good for everyone regardless. So that, that's just, a weird argument that I've heard a lot of times over the years. Yeah. Well, actually, that answer, Amanda, it segues perfectly into our next question. Um, who do you think feminism works for? Amanda, you've kind of already touched on this, so I'll let you answer first. But does feminism just work for women or does it apply to other people? Well, I mean, I think, of course, it works for everyone. Um, the Though the point of the term, and I think the reason it came came about and why it's named this, is because women were seen as being less equal um, overall than men, and that has been true historically. I mean, you, we've already touched on it. Like women weren't allowed to have credit cards in their own names without getting their husband's permission. They um, they couldn't own homes. They couldn't even vote until about a century ago, and so women were socially and politically at a complete disadvantage to men. And so that that's where it originated. And that is probably the primary focus of feminism is to raise women up and make them more equal to to what men have enjoyed for for centuries. However, it doesn't only benefit benefit women because I mean there's although men overall are at an advantage, they do have their problems that they face too. And so Feminism does work to make things more equal for men as well. 
it's leveling the playing fields on both sides. It's just that women have more to catch up with than men do, if that makes well, sense. Yeah, but I would disagree with that in some sense because men have a great deal to catch up with in understanding uh, and relating and sharing emotions and really being and embracing their full self. Uh, mm -hmm. In many ways, uh, when you have a, you know, a society that where the men, you know, sort of like they wear the pants in the family or whatever, and they're all completely focused on work, they miss a tremendous amount of life and the truly rewarding aspects of living a full life. And that means being your, feeding your soul. And I'm sorry, but working on Excel spreadsheets all day long, I mean, for some people, maybe that feeds your soul, but for most of us, <laughs> that, that, that there's a whole nother side that you they have not been able to tap into until mm -hmm. recent decades. And this other side um, and having that emotional well-being and sense of fulfillment uh, and health, it, it, it makes you a whole person. And, uh, you know, I believe this adamantly when you have these equal partnerships that men benefit as much, if not more so than women, because having the emotional fortitude and the release and the ability to share what's troubling you and what you want and, and what your joys are, um, that is so powerful. And I really look at it from the perspective of my husband, Bruce, and that um, ability because of our equal partnership, I uh, really helped him in his battle uh, through cancer. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree with you. I mean, that's what I was getting at before is feminism does help men. And there are a lot of ways that men have been disadvantaged. And you touched on some of the ex examples I was going to bring up, like about how they're not really allowed to tap into their emotions and express them. You know, like I feel like men have been told to, you know, men don't cry and men have to like bottle it up and be strong all the time. And that is problematic for men. And, and like the idea that men have to be the breadwinners. I mean, I, I think feminism is one of the driving forces of why men now are finding it more acceptable to be house husbands or stay at home dads. And that's perfectly okay if they don't want to be career oriented and their wife or or partner or whoever wants to be instead you know it, it does benefit both men and women yeah and they can yeah. also tap into other careers that they themselves previously weren't looked at were that they weren't okay for men to be nurses or uh, other fields like that and so i think that's as important i think when we look at it from a really big picture though and we look at bringing women into positions of power um, in corporations, that leads to significant financial gains for the, the company. Companies that have women um, executives perform better historically and, and uh, usually by double digits better. <laughs> so because once again, when you embrace diversity, and this isn't just about for bringing women in, but embracing diversity, just like we've seen in, in, in last night in the election of this rainbow you you gain so many different angles and views of of perspective and that creates far more power to 
to build better products, better services, better solutions, because you're not looking at it from a very narrow myopic view. You've opened it to a much mm -hmm. broader spectrum. So it's far more powerful. And that's what we see certainly in business um, corporation uh, uh, results of those organizations that have strong uh, female leadership um, within the organization. That doesn't mean a female CEO, but just within the organization and diversity, um, they perform far better. So right. there is a significant gain to our economy, to our bottom line <laughs> for, as a country and, and, and uh, uh, to embrace uh, diversity and um, help raise women up to positions of equity. Right. Well, I'm going to step away for a moment from, from the business side of things. And um, coming back to our main topic of why feminism is controversial as a word, um, I think there's a, a bit of a, a perception that maybe feminism isn't for everyone, which I know that Amanda touched on earlier, and we've been kind of walking, uh, talking around. Um, something I would like to highlight is that there's a difference between feminism, the ideology, and feminists, the people who hold it. So overall, feminists um, tend to try to hold up feminism as they understand it, and that's great and that's fantastic. However, something that we need to be aware of is that historically, feminists and the feminist movement was focused on white middle-class women, not so much working-class women, certainly not um, racial and ethnic minority women, and not so much queer women, although lesbians have definitely had um, a pretty strong current within the feminist movement. And I think that that that's that history is something that has bothered a lot of people. I know that in the uh, late 1980s and early 1990s, especially, but I, I mean, honestly, the late 1970s is when it started, is when black women started writing about black feminism as being um, not quite separate from overall feminism, but, but highlighting black feminism and how to make feminism work for women of racial minorities in the United States. And so I think that feminism, the concept, is definitely meant to benefit everyone, men, women, non-binary people, um, and people of all races, all religions. Um, but I find that sometimes the groups don't always uh, remember to in be proactively inclusive in their movement. Mm -hmm. That is true. Um, I think that's something that's been coming up a lot more in recent years is the need for feminism to be intersectional and inclusive. It needs to work for all people, regardless of your race or ethnicity, regardless of, of your religion or your gender identity or your sexuality. It needs to work for all of us because otherwise it's, it's only benefiting one small faction of people at the disadvantage of others. Mm -hmm. And I think that something else that has been coming up, um, so not to move away too quickly from racial, uh, topics. Uh, Amanda and you and Lynn can come back to it, definitely. But another thing I've noticed in a lot of radical feminist circles is that um, there are women who don't believe trans women are women and therefore are not part of the feminist movement. So those are two things that I've seen that are troubling to me. Yeah, but men can be yeah. feminists, just as you know, I, I think that, you know, part of it is also our own cultural journey of 
you know, and moving beyond, um, you know, the, and that's that uh, feeling of this, this, uh, this white uh, centric or white uh, privilege. And, you know, the, that is not something that's going to happen overnight, but we are seeing it slowly but surely percolate down. And it is important that we embrace, you know, the full spectrum and rainbow that's out there. But I also want to say that there's always elements also within any movement that are going to be distinct. Um, and that's, that's as common here as you would have common within, let's say, you take an example of the Republican Party. You have those that are so narrowly conservative uh, and their thought process that, uh, you know, I'm, you also have this, met, this, this group that you could literally brand as so, uh, like, literally Ku Klux Klan supporters. I mean, and then you've got people that are more moderate. You've got people who actually believe in diversity and embrace that, but they're, they're sort of that looking at picture of fiscal responsibility and yet they're still tied into this one big definition. So I think there's always segments and groups within any of these broad these broad categories. And I, and we do definitely see that within the broad category of feminism. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Once again, it's allowing uh different types of conversations to go on within the feminist movement and with women and our male allies uh, and, you know, the, the experiences that the rainbow of women bring uh, into this dynamic is very important. Right. And Lynn, you mentioned a word there that I would like to highlight is that feminism is not a monolith. Feminism is a conversation that has been going on for decades, about 160-ish years um, is when ago is when first wave feminism started. Um, and, you know, it's a conversation between the feminist movement and a patriarchal society, but it's also a conversation within the feminist uh, block about what is appropriate and what is needed and who is included. And I like that feminism has largely been saying that, you know, more and more people are included. We're all here together. We're all fighting for the same thing. And women come in all shapes and sizes. And there is no essential definition of what a woman is. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Me too. So, but this whole conversation has been about the word feminism and the fact that it makes some people uncomfortable. So considering that there is this, this, Significant distaste for the word. Is it time that we just came up with a new word that better reflects what feminism stands for and who it benefits? Or should we keep the word that we have? Well, I think Lynn mentioned it earlier, and I think what's important is that we reclaim the word and remind people what the original meaning of it is. You know, I think over the decades, there have been a lot of like smear campaigns against the term feminist or feminism. And I, I just agree with those, those negative stereotypes that have been put out about feminism. I think 
I think the word is good as it is. It's just making sure that people understand what it means and and who it benefits and who it serves. And feminism is meant to be inclusive. So as long as people understand what it is, then I don't see a problem with the word itself. Yeah, and, it's... and another thing, oh, you can go ahead. No, no, go ahead, finish. Okay, another thing I was going to mention is that usually movements are named after the group that is uh, most oppressed. So if you look at like the gay rights movement, it's not called the straight rights movement, it's called the gay rights movement because um, LGBTQ people have been disadvantaged for a long time and that's why the movement started. And it's not meant to be, uh, it's not meant to exclude heterosexual people, but the movement is meant to raise up LGBTQ people to be to be seen as equal to straight people. And then if you look at like the civil rights movement, it's the same thing. It's meant to to find equality between the races. So I, I think the terminology is not the problem. It's, it's, it's just about understanding what it means. I think it's a lot about perception because perception is reality. And we've gone through sort of a dark time of, uh, you know, of the perception being negative, and I, I believe that that's being turned around. And and we are reclaiming the word and taking pride in the accomplishments that women have achieved and and are being inspired to pursue as we move forward. So it's, I, I don't think there's any reason to change the meaning of the word. I think it's a matter of reclaiming it and embracing uh, you know the the actual core part of the definition, and and making sure the umbrella is big and broad so that it can in, include everyone who wants to be included, and and of course there'll be those different little segments within the the big umbrella, and that's 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 great because that's where we need to have the conversations, and we'll continue to move forward. Hmm. I'm honestly a little bit more ambivalent about the word than Amanda and Lynn are. Um, so overall, my answer to should we change the word or come up with a different word, my overall answer is no. Um, I think, as I've mentioned at the top, that there is a really significant history that's attached and associated with feminism that's important and should not be forgotten and should be carried into our current, our current um, movement. And... Len and Amanda, you've been talking about reclaiming the word, and that's a very powerful tool. Um, Amanda, you brought up the LGBTQ community, um, for lack of a better word, and they have a that community has a huge history of reclaiming words like gay and and queer and things like that, and I, that is a very powerful thing. And also, I should clarify that I am coming from an academic background where feminist theory is really important to the things that I do. So coming up with a new word is not necessarily something that I find to be beneficial. But just as a counter argument to myself and to the other people here, Amanda and Lynn, is that we shouldn't be too precious about things. Um, a word, I mean, to quote Shakespeare, well, not to quote, but to paraphrase Shakespeare, um, you know, feminism with any other name would still be feminism. It would still smell just as sweet. But um, so there's something to be said about being able to be flexible. But I think at this time, 
if we go back to Amanda's example of Kelly Clarkson, Katy Perry, and Lana Del Rey, the tides have turned turned a bit and more in favor of feminism. So that conversation might have been really relevant maybe about 10 years ago, but I think that people are kind of changing their mind back to using the word feminism. Yeah, exactly. You bring up some good points, Rachel. Although I will say that I think even if we do come up with a new term, I mean, who's to say there won't be other people trying to make it sound like it's a bad thing too. You know, it, it, That's a name true. is just a name. So changing hey. a name doesn't really change the movement. No, and and you know what? The English language is a growing, living thing, and whatever the translation is in all the different thousands of languages in the on the planet, um, it's going to continue to grow and change. New words will be added, and um, you know that's that's terrific. So, as mm-hmm. if if life we, goes on, we end up coming up with another word or another phrase. You know, more power to us. So, it's just once again, yes. it's about empowering ourselves um, and uh, feeling that confidence and assurance in our values. Right. So, mm-hmm. I think that the panel generally agrees. If we are a panel all of a sudden, that we like the word feminism, but we're not, it's not something that we can't compromise on. But for now, feminism is good enough for us. Is that right? Yeah, it's a great, yeah, I think so. I totally support the, the first, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> yes, woo, feminism. And with that cry of delight, we will wrap up this wonderful discussion. And to anyone listening, what do you think about the word feminism? Do you proudly wear it as a badge of honor, or do you find it exclusive or outdated? Chime off in the comments section because we would love to hear your thoughts and stories. And as always, we want to thank our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. We will see you soon with another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. And if you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation.com. At 